Welcome everyone to episode 30 of the Dream Team Podcast. We've made it to 30 episodes right at the end of the year. I'm your host, Jake Schultz, and join with me as always. I'll get the gang in here first. Sulfa Shake. What's up, what's up? Raptors fans, how are we feeling? Spencer Gloss. And Daniel Ramos. Oh. So we were going to record, literally we had this whole slot planned that we were going to record our end of year, which we teased in the last episode of us given our New Year's resolutions because we're right at New Year's. Well, Messiah Jury woke up and decided, F your New Year's re- resolutions, we're making a trade. This is an emergency podcast. OG Ananobi is out. RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly are in that's right the toronto raptors have traded away og ananobi precious achua and malachi flynn to the new york knicks for rj barrett emmanuel quickly and a 2024 second round pick via detroit um oh my god what just happened Yeah, I'll I'll be the the nerd to preface all of this that everything is reported right now. The details can change. I know the Malachi yeah. Flynn part was thrown in by Doug Smith, and I don't think I've seen it reported by any of the other NBA guys. Obviously, Doug Smith is pretty connected to the Toronto Raptors, so take it for what it's worth. But as of this moment, recording those are the details we have available to us. So what the hell? That that's insane. Yeah, how how do we even start to break this down? Because we have been talking for a while and everyone, every single person who's a fan of this team has been saying there needs to be change. And that's with two pending free agents, three, if you count Gary Trent Jr., as well as Pascal Siakam with OG Ananobi, that there needed to be some type of change happening in this organization. Well, the one piece that seemingly was always seen as the untouchable one in OG Ananobi, whether it was from trades last year, reports of he was getting up to three first-round picks offered for him, suddenly is on the move to a team that is currently in a lawsuit with the other team in the New York Knicks, and back come two shooters, which the Toronto Raptors desperately needed. I'll start first. I have touted the praise of RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly on this podcast. RJ Barrett, I think, has so much potential, and we've seen it with his Team Canada run, just how good he actually is, but he has never really had a chance to shine as a part of the Knicks. Now... He's going to be back in his home country, a Canadian star talent player on our roster with, oh, I don't know. Why don't we just throw in one of the best up and coming point guards in the league who I drafted in my league because I saw how fun he is. He pushes the pace. Sound very familiar? Sounds like transition Raptors offense. Ah, It's crazy that we're actually sitting here and can dissect a trade of OG Ananobi for two shooters. I, I never thought I would see the day. Initial reactions, I, I love the trade. Like, literally, I'm in love with what I saw. Uh, maybe that could just be me on cloud nine, being so hyped. But, uh, God, that that is just the literal jolt of electricity I needed to see this team. And I'm, I'm excited to see them roll out some more shooters. Zolfi, give me your initial reactions. Yeah, initial reactions are, I, I, well, I can't say it without like 17 bleeps on the podcast, but holy, holy crap. Uh, initial reactions, I think this is a bit of a win-win situation, more obviously leaning on the sides of the Raptors, because like, if we want to really simplify, and if Malachi Flynn is included, the Raptors took an unrestricted free agent coming up, he had a player option, but he wasn't going to opt into it, and OG Ananobi, 
You took uh, two restricted free agents in Malachi Flynn and Precious Achua, turned it into R.J. Barrett, obviously a Canadian, like you said, who's under contract for, I believe, three seasons, uh, an RFA, but a bright, bright young prospect in Emmanuel Quigley, uh, who they're probably going to obviously extend and keep. And then uh, a second round pick via Detroit, which is basically a late first round pick because Detroit, and it's going to be really high. So if you break it down like that, three guys who you had a chance of losing, one of which probably you were going to lose for nothing, and turning it into a prospect to put with Scotty Barnes and a Canadian, I think is about as good as you're going to get right now. And we can get into why OG over Precious, et cetera, et cetera, in a bit. But just initially, I think it's a win-win, and the Raptors got exactly what they needed out of it. Spencer? Um, yeah, I think the Raptors also, a big part of it is that they got a point guard. I think everybody's wanted the Raptors to have like a point guard that kind of fits the timeline of Scotty. So that's huge. And I also think as much as quickly is a prospect, I think he's already like really good as well, which should be noted. I think he just will never have the opportunity to show that in New York with Brunson there. So I think it is a bit of a win-win because really they're getting rid of Barrett and then they're six men, which was potentially might've been six man of the year for OG and Anobi is one of the best defenders in the league. So I think it's a win-win for both teams, and I'm really happy as a Raptors fan, for sure. Yeah, I also agree. It's feeling like a win-win situation because the Knicks get you know one of the best defenders in the league, and a lot of people and a lot of people people have been saying OG would be great on the Knicks, so I, I think they've been you know chasing him for a while. Um, but in terms of the Raptors side, I hope that this is. I think this is the start of you know Masai and Bobby finally starting to put shooters around Scotty and Pascal. At, you know, like every media member and uh, Raptors fan has been, been begging for uh, like, like quickly shoots 39% from three. So that's amazing. Um, we're giving up OG who's our second best, but that's okay. Um, because I, I don't know. I, I like to trade a lot. I think it's gonna be really good for both teams and I'm, I'm really excited to see how it plays out. So. Yeah. I, it feels like a little bit of a bet on RJ because I know a lot of people are pretty low on RJ Barrett. Um, I, I just think that the potential, for me, where I see this as is that they're just trying to find players that match Scotty Barnes's timeline, and not just that, but they're finding shooters around them. Like you said, Dan, they're they're pieces that we saw earlier with lineups that work. When you surround Scotty with a bunch of shooters, it is a potential threatening lineup. And why not take a chance on a guy like RJ Barrett that's out there? Because we've seen his potential. We know that he certainly is capable. It just feels like he kind of needed. A new home environment. RJ Barrett is 23 years old. Like, people are starting to act like he's done developing and he's kind of is what he is, but RJ Barrett is 23 years old. He's on Scotty Barnes' timeline perfectly. He is young. He has tons of potential. We already been over the fact that he's a Canadian. He's shooting some of the best he has for his career. Three, 33% from three point land isn't anything sexy, but again, he has so much room to grow and he's shown that he's such a versatile player. For Team Canada, he was one of their best defenders coming into that tournament. And he's shown he can be a versatile player. He he offers maybe a bit less uh, defensively than OG Ananobi, but he offers more offensively than OG Ananobi. So really, it's almost an even deal for a guy who's under contract for three years versus OG Ananobi, who you're probably going to lose or have to overpay. So it's about, again, it's about as good as you're going to get. And RJ Barrett, like OG Ananobi, had room to develop, and it's three years younger than OG Ananobi was. So if it's a timeline for Scotty Barnes, better. Really, how much better of a deal are you going to get for a young guy to bank on to go with Scotty Barnes? Yeah, RG yeah, can, can create his own shot too. Sorry, I just want to add that in there. Was OG really, that's the part of his game that always struggled big time. Yeah, and this is an expiring contract too. Like that's, I don't think that should go unnoticed that like you got this much for 
the guy who you're going to have to, like Dolphy just said, you're going to have to either overpay or lose in the offseason. So, yeah, it's it's a great deal. I'm really excited. And, yeah, I'm one of those people who's kind of like a doubter of R.J. Barrett, but those are all really good points that uh, he can fit well around them. And he is only I, – I can't believe he's 23. I thought he was, like, 25. Yeah, yeah everyone does. He's the same longer. age as Jaw and Zion. He came in the same draft as those guys. That's so crazy. I thought he was, like, 25, man. <laughs> That's actually wild. But no, I'm excited. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. This is a uh, this is a start, bro. This is a start. This is what we've all been waiting for. It is a start. I wanna before we are obviously gonna give OG his flowers before we like end all of that stuff. But I, I also want to give a little bit of credit to. I know Malachi was just a name that was thrown in there. Hey, Darko built his confidence up for like two and a half months, and then they shipped him straight out of there immediately after. They made him into like a slightly usable NBA player. Uh, and then immediately we're able to flip him. Like, and I, I'm not gonna hold any like, will, like Malachi and Precious are just were so difficult to watch. As someone who wants to root for players on their team, like Malachi, I, we talked literally. We had Sean Woodley on here, and we mentioned Malachi, and he's like, "Well, I wouldn't really buy into it yet." But like, I was trying to buy into the whole narrative of like, let's make Malachi Flynn a usable player in the NBA. Uh, and it just never was going to work. And Precious is just like kind of the same thing. He he felt like a borderline unusable player at times. Like how many times did he come in? Zolfi, you were talking about this off pod. Like he literally came in for two minutes yesterday against the Celtics, drew up his own ISO, and then Darko took him off immediately after because it just doesn't feel like he's learned and grown and shown his potential. Maybe he can do that with a team like the Knicks, but I don't really see how a, a team like the Raptors, if they weren't able to get anything out of him when they came in, we're like, oh, this is going to be a potential like steel pick for us for Kyle Lowry. And now he's gone as a part of this trade. Speaking of which that Kyle Lowry trade, like Gordon Drogic retiring today, officially. Uh, and now precious that you gone off the team. So, uh, but what really happened with that? trade? We're not going to talk about that trade. Today's not the day. Today's not the day. We're going to enjoy Masai. Let him cook. Uh, in terms Gosh. of uh, Malachi and precious, if you guys think it's going to get any easier in New York and that environment, you're fooling yourself. No this, it's, it's only going to be harder than it was in Toronto. They really, really need to fight for their next contracts here. Like, like Precious, I'm telling you, you don't play well, you're going to get benched, and Tom Thibodeau is going to put in Taj Gibson over you. You know he loves to do it. He brought back ta- he brought it back like 40-year-old Taj Gibson this season because of the injuries. And Precious, you're in the perfect role. They don't have Mitchell Robinson. Isaiah Hardenstein's been hurt too. So, like, this is your time. Go and prove yourself, earn your next contract, and be something consistent with a brain. Like, it's it, New York is going to kill you if you're not. So please do something. And Malachi Flynn, they just turned away their backup point guard. You have your opportunity there too. Like you guys have been put into situations where you can fight for your next contract. Do something consistently. Your opportunity is not going to get much better than this. I just, I'm so happy Malachi's gone. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dude, he literally just. This is what he does every time he sets up in half court. He runs right, dribbles through his legs, runs left, holds the ball, hands it off. That's his move every time on the offensive zone. Like he does not help us. I mean, I hope he does well in New York, but I, I think we got rid of two kind of guys that hurt us a lot of times when they came in the game this year. Maybe not Malachi as much as Precious, to be honest, because Precious was, like, glaring. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it, it sucks to say, but I think a lot of Raptors fans were happy those two guys were included. So. Yeah, hey, as long as they're smiling, man. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, bro. <laughs> Smile all the way to New York. Go ahead, boys. You know what, though? Can we acknowledge that uh, Emmanuel Quickly and Malachi Flynn uh, are so far throughout their career have gotten to live in probably like the two best cities, two of the best cities in all of like the NBA? Going from 
New York to Toronto and Toronto to New York. Like, that's actually fire. What a, what a career so far for them. Hey, you can throw pressures in there, too. He was in Miami. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess Miami's cool. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Pressures, too. Yeah. But that's sick. Like, I, I would be so happy. I know, like, Quickly is, like, a big fan of, like, New York and, like, cities and stuff like that. Like, I remember early in his career, he was taking the subway. Um, it's, like, every New York Knicks game. So, like, I'm sure he'll probably do that in Toronto as well. So, hey, maybe you'll see him on the train. Manuel quickly has tweeted since the trade. Oh. He did put out, oh my goodness, with five periods afterwards as like an ellipsis. Uh, yeah, suffice to say he's a little bit surprised by that trade. Uh, looking at the Raptors forward with this move, with RJ Barrett and now Manuel quickly. Zolfi, where do you think that lineup, how do you think that lineup's working now? Because we just saw Gary Trent Jr. since we lost on the podcast. Gary has been inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, that means that Dennis Schroeder has been gone to the bench, and we've been seeing a little bit of point Scotty. But now with these two additions, what do you think the lineup's going to look like with OG out? Gary Trent Jr., you're going back to the bench. Uh, I see both these guys in starters, in Emmanuel Quigley and uh, uh, RJ Barrett. Those are your two, uh, one and two. You have somewhat of Scotty and Pascal as your three and four, and then Jakob at your five. You just traded away your other center. You are very thin in bigs, and Jakob Pertl, Makes more sense starting and then being yanked early than coming off the bench. So I think uh, Gary Trent Jr., Dennis Schroeder are going to be your shooters and scorers off the bench, and that's probably better roles for them. I know we've all said Gary's going to do better with starters. I've said that too, but now you're in a situation where you just have two guys who are playing better than him. Gary Trent Jr., we put you in the starting lineup against the Celtics after you played well against the Wizards, and it looked terrible. He made one shot. He made his first shot and then mixed it, missed his next nine. So uh, Gary Trent Jr. needs to figure it out, and he hopefully can do that with Dennis Schroeder on the bench, not having to worry about playmaking and just getting the ball for open looks. But yeah, I see I see R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly as starters. You brought them in to match Scotty's timeline, so you're going to want them to play a lot with Scotty. So I would get them in, into starting roles immediately if they were me. Yeah, so I wouldn't have any agree. different. No, I completely agree. And and uh, multiple things like before the season started. Obviously, like I said, like it's, it would be hard to send Schroeder off the bench because he was, you know, he got MVP in the in the national tournament. But like, uh, I always thought his best role throughout his career when he was coming off the bench, and he's a great playmaker, and that's always been Gary's biggest thing. Is like, oh, he plays off the bench, and it's like, oh, he's not playing with the starters, so he has to like try to create his own shot, which he's not bad at. But like, when you put the whole onus on Gary, that's when he struggles the most. Now, if you're having Dennis and Gary coming off the bench, that's actually kind of like a really good duo to come off the bench. There's not much expectations. You don't have all this pressure on you. And I think the two of them will actually excel a lot more. And then, yeah, like like you said, we're replacing them with two better players. This is like a really good setup. It's looking really good right now. This is feeling feeling like a win. I'm really excited to see how this goes. And it, the, the best part about it, too, is it's like on any given night, if one of these guys is playing better than the other, then you just go with them. Like, I yeah. don't think an Emmanuel Quigley is going to like go on a temper tantrum because he had to sit because Gary Trent Jr. was having a hot shooting night. He's Because he's still really young. It's, this is a young player who's not going to be miffed about that. And Dennis Schroeder is a vet. We already know what he can do. He was in the closing lineup yesterday because he was playing better than Gary was. So these are guys who are going to be interchangeable, which is the best part. It's going back to the Raptors being versatile as a team. Yeah, and hopefully McDaniels can keep it up too because he had a good game yesterday. He went nuts. This is his first yeah, no, uh, double-digit game with the Raptors. It took 30 games, yeah, but it defensive happened. Defensive intensity was awesome as well. So I, I hope that he can also be a huge piece off the bench, and then we might actually have some decent, uh, decent depth going. Do we think that this trade signals a direction of what Masai wants to do moving forward? 
Yes. <laughs> like, uh, I think it's going to be, I've, I've used this team as an example a lot. I think it's going to be very Warriors-esque where he's going to have like a core that he's trying to be competitive with, but you see the future. You see the young guy like Jakob Pertl, and I'm assuming Pascal Siakam gets extended throughout this. And I, I, I personally am speculating that's probably why OG was moved because Pascal was probably more willing to sign an extension with Toronto than OG Ananobi was. So they kind of saw the writing on the wall with OG and they're like, we're going to flip him. Hopefully Pascal signs an extension. That's just my guess. So if they extend Pascal, I think it's like, we'll move forward with Pascal and uh, Jakob as the vets. You have these young guys build up with them and we're going to try to remain respectable and competitive in the Eastern Conference. And then once that next wave is done and Scotty and Quigley are in their primes, then they can take over this team fully is kind of my assumption. So it's like that. It's still a bit of a middle ground direction, to be honest, but it wouldn't be Masai if it wasn't. So I think it, it's more clear, that's for sure. But it's definitely not a, a rebuild versus a, a competitive type of thing. I think it's still a bit of both. Where? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Dan, you go ahead. I was going to say, like, yeah, like, I, uh, I don't, yeah, it's like, I agree with Zolfi, like, not really like a full rebuild, it's a bit of both. And, like, I also, like, don't, I see, like, a lot of talk about timeline, like, with every team. And, like, I don't know how much I, like, I don't know if the word agree is is the right word to use. But, like, when you see, like, like okay, like, for example, like, I've made a couple trades in the machine where I'm trading Pascal to, like, OKC or where else is it, like, another young player that I'm blanking on the other one. But, but for example, like, OKC. And I sent it to a few of my friends, and they're like, oh, like, no, like, Pascal's old. Like, that doesn't fit the timeline and stuff like that. And it's like, I just don't agree with that at all. Because, like, for example, like, Shea is an MVP candidate. Chet is a rookie playing like an all-star. Uh, Jalen Williams is, like, like probably a future all-star. It's like, the timeline is now. Like, they're that good. If you trade for the other player, it brings you over a hump. It doesn't matter if the guy's 29 years old. So if this is Scotty for real, like... I like that they kept Pascal because Pascal's a really good player and he's a really good number two. Um, so like that, like I know there's like obviously like the surrounding pieces. Yeah, you want more on a timeline, but if someone's that good, timeline's now. Yeah, so and like, I think. I actually, uh, sorry, uh, so to your point, like timeline also has to play in part with contracts. The OKC yeah. situation makes so much sense because their best players outside of Shea obviously are under rookie contracts. J Dub and Chet exactly. are on rookie deals. So if you're gonna add an extra piece to put you over the top, it's gonna be now because you can afford it. In a couple of years exactly. when you have to extend those guys, like obviously Pascal's gonna be even older then, but he, you definitely can't pay the guy then. So like timelines are important, but so are contracts and numbers. I totally agree. And like uh they also have unlimited picks. Like how many players can you bring on the team? Like that. I'm, I'm kind of shifting this in OKC talk, but like the time is now. And like, I feel like that applies to other teams as well is that you can't be afraid to make that jump when your players are actually that good. Like if you're for real and you believe that they actually are that good, then you should take that, that leap. So I'm actually really happy that they kept Pascal because I think, I'm, I'm, I think we all agree that Scotty and Pascal work really, really good together. They just need shooters around them. So I'm, I'm loving this. I'm just, I keep thinking about the trade and I keep feeling more and more happy about it. So it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I haven't been like genuinely stunned since like looking at my phone. I was at Dollarama uh, and I saw the trade. I'm like, ah, I like fell to my knees. And then I saw the return. I was like, ah, it was like, a, it was like a reverse, like double euphoria thing because there's no like OG is a, a fan favorite here in Toronto, right? Like he always has been for as long as he's came into the draft. He is, was this quirky 
just deadpan humor guy that connected with the fans immediately his connection with Serge Ibaka that's a, some of my favorite memories of OG Ananobi as well like on the court too like there's no kidding he's one of the best three and D players in the league uh more so D than three more recently but he like still like, I've always loved watching OG play even though some of his uh drives to the nets are frustrating but I, I'm gonna have a lot of memories of him. It sucks he never got to win a championship. Like I always think back to the championship run and what could have possibly changed with OG in that rotation. Because people forget that like he literally didn't play that entire run, but he got the championship. And I'm sure that was always tough for him, a little bittersweet to be sitting on that bench while that happened. It's a little upsetting that like they never got to go there. But I, I, I'm gonna this, if you can't tell, I'm shifting this to OG memories. I'm going to go with for my favorite OG memory as I'll go basic. I, I'm going to pick the the Boston game five, three points to tie the series up. Or is it to go? No, it was to two one. It was to bring the series to two one. Uh, God, that, that was literally the euphoria. I have a video of that. My sister took of me screaming at the top of my lungs. OG, my sweet, beautiful prince. And then yelling Raptors in seven after that, like he flipped that series. If he didn't hit that shot, the Raptors would have gotten swept, but he gave them a chance and they pushed it to seven. And I think that that's like his finest moment as a Raptor because he was never in the face of like that clutch shot. He didn't get it too much, but when he did, like he was good. He was that guy in the clutch because like he said, he doesn't shoot. He sh- doesn't shoot to miss. And that's what he did during his time in the Raptors. So I will always appreciate him for both his off court stuff, the the scarves with Serge and uh, that on court moment for me. Does anyone else have any OG memories? Well, uh, where did OG score his career high? New York? In the Garden. So now he gets, to, York, he gets yeah. to play there every single home game. So nice. I'm sure he's going to love that. So that's also, uh, I don't know if that's my favorite OG memory, but honestly, when you when you said it, that's just the first thing that came to my mind. So that's what I'm throwing out there. Yeah, so Jake, you can't say the two biggest OG things and then ask us what our favorite yes, memories can. are. No, you can't. Yes, That's I can. I can do whatever I want to do. You literally tee up a segment by taking the two topics or the two main things yeah, and be like, tell cheap, us what you guys bro. think. That is that is very cheap by you, Jake. Yeah. Okay, well, go find another one then. <laughs> no. I literally, OG scars was going to be my thing. You decided to talk for three minutes, take the scars thing, and the OG shot against Boston. It's cheating, though. It's cheating. Bad host. Yeah, what are we supposed to say now? Beautiful, sweet prince. Okay, let me let me have my moment. I have his jersey. I my jersey okay. curse continues. Like, I oh god damn, I do too. I <laughs> god damn it. I have a I, moment. I'm on a terrible streak of bad jerseys. I got a Cam Newton Patriots jersey, which to be fair, that was on me. Yeah, I why the hell did never have gotten that one? <laughs> I got an OG one. Uh, that was my second most recent one. Scotty is the most recent one. I, I think I'm a little bit safe with that one. But uh, we all we all have OG jerseys. No, actually, that's the one player I don't have. Weren't you like a huge OG fan though? Yeah, yeah, I love OG. I just like I had legit have like fifteen jerseys in my closet, and it just got to a point where I just told myself I'm not allowed to buy anymore. And uh, OG was unfortunately that guy that I didn't buy, so that's tough. But I have a moment of OG, and I'm gonna say it. Okay, good. All right. When uh, it was the preseason or whatever, like media day, and uh, they had to draw the OVO symbol. You guys remember when OG tried to draw the owl? Yeah. I do. Horrible, horrible drawing, but it was very funny, funny and he was very proud of it. So that's, that's one of my favorite moments since the other ones were stolen by Jake. So 
Love that moment. Hey, Spencer, like, he didn't even hesitate. He immediately thought of that and said, career high in the garden. Look at that. Okay, picking a career yeah. high is, like, an also a pretty, like, obvious choice to make. Not No offense, Spencer. Like, it was a good choice. Oh, but, like, outside of, like, literally the two most unique OG Ananobi moments, a career high is one that makes sense. Jake, if you're so good at remembering OG Ananobi moments, tell me, like, two more. The first thing that popped in uh, my head was uh, Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh i got a more recent one actually I, I it's one of the sexiest so in the past two years og has had two really nice dunks in scotiabank arena he had one last year i forgot who was over top of and what game it was but there's a video of me literally doing the head top motion to it that's one of my favorite moments because i'm attached to it uh and then this year his dunk that he had against Oh, was it the Wizards? It was some team during one of their comebacks. He just had an insane jump and dunk like from the free throw line. I've never heard Scotiabank Arena as loud as it was at that moment. So there you go. There's two more OG dunks for you. <laughs> so Zolke. your other I've two OG four. moments, you don't remember the teams, and one of them it's because you were in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he is gone. The The Raptors heard his conspiracy theory and immediately cut him off and said yeah, no more Zolke. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to back that up. I think there's some truth to that. It does feel like recently OG's defense has like kind of meandered a little bit. And you, you see the Raptors defense yeah, in general just has just not been very good this year. I He did look a little bit checked out. Like I, I'm going to just go based off vibes. Like I, I could feels like the rain was in the wall somewhere. And between like the two on like the two main guys on the Raptors that are going into free agency next year, like Siakam certainly hasn't been shown any concern over him being moved and he's the one that's been more vocal about it like we we saw siakam constantly being like i want to stay here i want to stay here i want to stay here but og just it was weird it was a little bit so i'm gonna give him there zilvia's trying to join back and it is not letting him join back at all yeah he's banned the government got him <sighs> yeah his defense has been uh kind of poor the past uh like what like a couple weeks roughly around there but you know what i i will say i'm very excited for him to inevitably be put in defensive player of the year talks as soon as he starts playing for the Knicks, because it's bound to happen. It's going to happen, bro. He's in an American market now. He's in one of the biggest American markets, and he's one of the best defenders in the world. He's going to get his credit, and I guarantee you he will be in defensive player of the year talks by the end of the season. No question about it. I'm very confident about that. Do we want to flip the OG conversation to the other side? Because I know we talked a lot about it on the Raptors side, but we didn't really talk about it on the Knicks. We said he fits well. But Dan, I want to get your thoughts on just exactly he's going to how he's going to fit with the likes of Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Well, they, I mean, he fits with that's the thing about OG is, and I've been saying this for years because I've had some friends who did not believe in him and stuff like that. So I've always had to defend him. But OG starts for every single team in this league, every single team. There's not one team that wouldn't die for OG. And you get your little casual fans on Twitter like, oh, they're trading all their talent pool for uh, OG, the Knicks. Oh, my gosh. Because I'm going through the threads right now, and people are roasting the trade. OG is an amazing player. It honestly feels disrespectful calling him a role player because I feel like he does way more than that. He is one of the best defenders in the world. He's a great three-point shooter. He's good in getting the post. He's extremely strong. He's low-key a better passer than he gets credit for. He's a really good player. He can fit into any starting lineup. So having OG as your third guy alongside Jalen Brunson – and Brandle, who do a lot of you know a lot of work getting the ball out, they, they're really good. Obviously, he's gonna be an amazing fit. And when Mitchell Robinson comes back too, like they're gonna have like a really good defensive team. So 
I'm really excited to see how it works with him in New York. And I think he's I think it's gonna be really good. He's a good fit with any team, so he's gonna fit well with the Knicks. So there it's a good trade. I think it's a win win, honestly. I really do. Yeah. Remember people love Tony Allen. Tony Allen could barely dribble, but OG's like Tony Allen with a jump shot and and a bit of offensive game and people like underrate him big time like He's literally going to make the Knicks so much better defensively because he's he's taking the defensive side into the best like opposing player every single night. Like first of all, it lets your offensive players focus on playing offense, and then second of all, it's just like he's just going to stop them more than the other players would. So, I mean, the, the Knicks did a great job. Yeah, Sophie, you back? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what happened. I think my camera crashed, uh, but I think these guys said it perfectly. OG Ananobi's biggest gripe with Toronto and probably why he wasn't going to re-sign long-term was that his role was very, to, I guess, in his opinion, stifled. He wanted more responsibility offensively. He wanted to be able to create more. And now he gets to do that in New York as a third guy. You know, there's no question about him being that guy. Granted, we'll see if he can actually develop uh, on the offensive end to that degree. But he's going to probably be in the R.J. Barrett role. Like, basically, he's going to be seen as a, a stout defender who's going to have to take primary matches, like Spencer said, and he's going to be given responsibilities offensively, especially if one of those other two guys aren't uh, clicking one night. So he's getting the role and opportunity he wants. The Knicks are obviously going to try to pay him now because they just traded for him. So, OG, you get the money, you get the role. Let's see what you can do now. I think it's a good opportunity for him. Is there any other avenues we want to go down with this trade? I'm, I'm trying to think of other things to talk about, but I, I think we I think we're covering most of it. I mean, we can talk about the Pascal versus OG. Was it? What do you guys think? This was the right choice True. to move OG. Do you guys think Pascal should have been moved? Do you think Pascal should still be moved? I know we touched upon it a little bit, but I'm curious. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know honestly. Like I kind of am a little bit in the middle of kind of what you're saying, Zulfi's like it feels very much like this is them playing. Like there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of what the future for this franchise is, is that they're going to be building around Scotty Barnes. But at the same time we saw like all the people in the offseason, Oh, Pascal and Scotty can't work together. Like they, they are not functional. They're basically the same player. And it's turned out that's not the case. And the two work extremely well together. And I think that the organization has noticed that and has realized that this is, Hey, like this is something that could work regardless of if we are going to rebuild or do it at the same time. And I think this is kind of more of that. I think there is a bit more of like, like the light at the end of the tunnel, but I just, I think that they're going to try to make it work between the two, but they added shooters, which is what the number one desperation was. I think their spacing is going to look so much better. And I think keeping Siakam over OG was the right decision because now that player is still there. Like if you traded away Siakam, but brought in these guys and had OG in that situation, they, we're, we're talking about a completely different thing because I don't really think we can look at that team and be like, that is a contending team. This isn't a contending team, but this at least we know can come in and win. I don't know if you put OG in that situation as him being the second option of that working nearly as effectively that this might. So I think this is just more of a potential move. And then you can evaluate there. I think you re-sign Siakam regardless. Like, I think that, like, regardless of what happens, he needs to be re-signed now. Like, ASAP, I've seen what I've seen with this team. It works with the two of them together. Now you have potential. And I think that that's what this is. So I'm fine with OG being the one traded over Siakam. How about you guys? I, I agree. Um, I So I've been, like, in the trade machine, like, almost every day for the past, like, couple weeks. Cooking and... in the trades. I have a lot of trades. I have a lot of trades. Some of them unhinged. Some of them, I think, very realistic. But that's the fun of playing in the trade machine. Um, but I will say that probably like 95% of my trades were Pascal. It was not OG. Just because I thought 
for future, like having like a guy like OG uh, was a really good fit with Scotty. But with that being said, now that the trades happened, I think I'm just more relieved that they decided on one of the two. And I have no problems with it being Pascal because I already said it earlier. I think he's a really good player. I don't agree with this whole timeline thing that like, oh, Pascal's too old. He's 29. Like that's really not that old. Like sports medicine is literally the best it's ever been, like ever. Like he can be a top physical athlete to at least probably 34 now. Like it's really not that, like that's a lot of time. Like I said, if Scotty's real, if this is real, I believe it is. You don't need six years to get where you want to go. Like Scotty can be that guy even more within a year or two. Like he already is so good. So um, I'm happy that I'm, I think I'm just more relieved that they made a decision. And I've al- I've always been a big fan of Pascal. I've never like kept that a secret. Like I love Pascal. I think he's an amazing player. He is an amazing player. And um, yeah, I kind of forgot the question to be honest. But like I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy it's Pascal. I like Pascal. I like Scotty. I think they're a good duo. And uh, I'm gonna miss OG a lot. I love OG. He was one of my favorite players. And but like the thing is like. It's a good trade. I think a big thing, though, is that OG is just easier to trade as well because I did notice that when I was in the trade machine. It's like Pascal's a big-ass contract. It's a big, big contract. And, like, you put in two players, you're like, yeah, this feels like a fair trade. But then all of a sudden there's, like, oh, there's still, like, 15 mil, like, salary filler I got to fill out. And then all of a sudden, like, the trade is now, like, kind of unfair. But with OG, when I did the trades with him, I'm like, oh, 18 mil, it's so easy to match that contract. You're getting some good players back. You don't have to overdo it. So I think that could have played into it as well. But I don't know. I'm I'm glad Pascal's still with the team, but I will miss OG. They better start using uh, Pascal properly, though. Like I hate watching him cook all game, and they just don't go to him in the clutch. And then I, I kept telling myself, like, oh, if he gets traded, like, I guess that's fine. But if they're not trading him, like, they better start using him properly. They gave him the ball once in the last five minutes against the Celtics yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So it makes no sense. Like he had one field goal attempt, I think, the entire fourth quarter after he was basically bullying the Celtics guards all night. And we can get into the Darko Ryakovic conversation a different day. I was really not happy with him yet in yesterday's game and that whole game plan. But uh, I think you guys are right in that there's a lot of factors that went into this. And Dan, you mentioned OG and Obi's contract, definitely more tradable and a hell of a lot more tradable before he gets paid as well. Like OG and Obi is in line to maybe making like, what, like $40 million a year. And are the Raptors really going to pay him to do that and then still have to figure out how to be an offensive player? Like Jake was right that like, Pascal just offers you more right now, especially as a as a one two punch with uh, Scotty. Yes, OG Ananobi, the idea, and I was part of this like group too. That like you want to see him build around uh, Scotty Barnes, but seeing him build around Scotty Barnes on this like timeline, it's probably going to be very rebuilding for forty million dollars a year. Is not really something you want to swallow. If you couldn't do it for Fred Van Vliet, you're definitely not going to do it for OG Ananobi because he provides you less and. Pascal, like for the for whatever age he is, he's still just going to be worth his money a lot more. He's going to be doing a lot more for you. He's progressed a bit defensively, but he's still a pretty decent defender. Uh, offensively, he just provides you so much more. And like Dan said, like these two guys can work together, him and Scotty, uh, a lot better, especially throughout the post. So I think the the combination of those two guys just has more of a clear vision or more of a safe and secure vision around it in Pascal and Scotty versus OG being such a mystery in terms of what he can turn into. And granted, we all hope he turns into this great wing player with an offensive upside, but right now it's still just not there yet, unfortunately. And then you add the fact that, like I said, OG probably, like the idea of him re-signing was low. Like that's just probably what the truth was in a lot of this. They, they probably, the Raptors front office wasn't convinced that OG Ananobi was willing to re-sign unless it was for really, really big money. And then that goes back to why would the Raptors want to pay him that to be like a, a third a third best player? 
So I think that there's a lot of factors that went into it, but contract, role, and just fit with a long-term vision, I think those are the big reasons why the Raptors probably made the right decision looking back at it now, even though OG Ananobi was the younger guy. I was just uh, looking at quickly in RJ Barrett's contract. I was kind of hoping someone else would pick up the slack while I was doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so RJ has three years left. He's around 23 a year, and quickly okay. isn't a restricted free agent. He's making $4.2 million right now. He's obviously going to get a much better offer. I'm assuming, like, again, I'm not a cap or a- expert in any way. Like, let's say, like, $18 million, maybe around what OG was making. That's like, I think, or, or I think uh, Quickly deserves it. And the hilarious part is, like, Quickly is the young, bright prospect, and RJ is, like, the older guy filler. And RJ's younger than Emmanuel Quickly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just literally crazy. just perception. It's just perception. RJ's been in the NBA longer than Emmanuel Quickly has. By one year, it is ju- it's just perception of what people think of players. Both of them are super, super young. You got them for guys who weren't contributing to your team and were probably going to get uh, let go at the end of the season. And a guy in OG Ananobi who's, like, going to get overpaid. So, like... Masai cooked. Masai cooked he here. Cook. He got eight, bro. He got cooked up some here, cooked. bro. It's yeah. good stuff, man. We've, as Toronto fans, as seen like the rise of Canadian players in basketball, we've been asking for a Canadian to come. Like, oh, we want a taste, you know? Like, we want our professional basketball team to have a taste. We had a taste with Ken Birch. We've had Chris Boucher over the over the years. Had a little bit of... A little bit of Delano Banton in there to Zolfi's love. Fans were upset that Delano Banton got traded just because he's Canadian. They completely dismissed the fact that he's not a great basketball player just because he was Canadian. And now you get R.J. Barrett, who's actually good at basketball. Like, Canada fans are going to go nuts now. Took the words straight out of my my mouth, Zolfi. We got R.J. Barrett. Like, I'm just excited to see an actual good Canadian on there. No slight to Chris Boucher. I think Chris Boucher is a really, really solid role player. But, like... This kid has potential, and he's shown potential, and we know that he can unlock it. And I think this is the perfect spot for him to do it. I'm I'm so excited for RJ. I'm so excited for this trade. Sad for OG, as always. Uh, good night to our sweet prince. But March 27th is when they will be coming back. So the next will be playing the Raptors at home. I'm sure there's always going to be an emotional video package for OG there as well. Like Fred Van Vliet is that month as well. Like we're, we're, there's going to be a double feature of just emotional returns for the Toronto Raptors. And one last note here before I think we can wrap this up. That slam photo that they took after the championship, uh, the run it back photo, one remains from that photo with OG getting taken off, and that is Pascal Siakam. He is the last of the championship photo. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have a funny question for you guys. What What do you think is funnier about all this or more Raptors-esque? The fact that they were so down bad recently and got like beat down by the Celtics and Masai was basically willing to say, is like, eh, New York, I don't care if you're suing me. Let's talk. Let's make a deal. Or the fact that the Raptors have to play the Pistons tonight still, and they might still lose that game because I don't think OG Ananobi, Malachi Flynn, and Precious Achua are going to be playing now. And the Raptors are still on the brink of either making history or being on the wrong end of it. Wait, what's the more Raptors thing? The Pistons game or the fact that Masai still made this trade with the Knicks and probably still fleeced them as well? Look, I yeah, the Pistons. One thousand percent, the Pistons. I, I, I'm trying not to think about that game. We're like a couple hours away from it. All I know now is that Thad Young is going to have a masterclass tonight. That's all I'm <laughs> expecting. It's going to be a Thaddy masterclass against the Pistons. And if they lose, who knows? Maybe you guys are going to be getting two episodes <laughs> later tonight. Okay, I, I'm going to shoot my shot now. Grady Dick gets in that game. Grady Dick hits four threes, helps the Raptors get the dub. Let's go. 
he he's gonna have so. to they're gonna have to play him now like they're they're down three role players who were playing like sizable minutes for this team if they're gonna beat the pistons tonight like they're gonna have to unleash some wild stuff darko's in for a fun coach tonight like honestly this might be my game of the year. <laughs> like, hey, Grady, Dick, Jalen McDaniels, have yourselves a night, boys. Jalen McDaniels, you're running hot right now. Go crazy against the Pistons, please. Don't lose this game. This is going to take all of, like, obviously it's not going to take away the trade, but it's going to take so much of the buzz out of today if they go and lose to the Pistons. Bro, please, Toronto, please. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, going up to this date, I was kind of, like, and you may think this is, like, loser mentality but i was like low-key like can detroit beat raptors so that they can finally make a damn move oh lots of people were but... saying that okay hell yeah i'm not losing that. Like, yeah you're on. not you're not the only one trust I me a lot of people wanted it to happen yeah i was kind of low-key cheering for my team to lose because i'm like i'm sick and tired of this mediocrity and just like not doing anything so i'm like if something actually will make them do something it's losing to the damn worst team we've seen in many years and now i'm just like i don't know if i want to see them lose anymore because they did something so go win that game please for Please, us don't make us look bad please absolutely uh, let's end this one this has been an extremely chaotic all over the place podcast but don't don't blame us okay it's not our fault they decided to make a trade yeah, pod. that's how they go it, yeah, it's our first it. emergency pod boy it is look at that. episode 30 first emergency pod yeah there we go uh yeah thank you guys for listening um this oh my god they, I, I still can't wrap my mind around this uh that's gonna wrap up this episode episode 30 thanks for all the support through the last couple of episodes we uh, appreciate all of it and if you like what you heard you can make sure to follow us on twitter or x at dream underscore team pod as well on instagram at dream underscore team underscore pod and you can find us apple spotify leave us your responses uh tweet us do whatever you want we love interaction we love putting out stuff that you guys can interact with as well we just want to see a bit more out there okay so give us some love come give us some love as well you can find me at jake underscore schultz six on twitter zolfi where can i find you it's at zolfi underscore shake z-u-l-f-i underscore s-h-e-i-k-h on twitter and instagram follow your boy we're gonna keep reacting to this rapture stuff go crazy Spencer. You can find me at Spencer underscore Kloss on Twitter. And, and Daniel. You can, you can follow me at DNLJRMS on Twitter. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye, OG, our sweet, beautiful prince. There's a kiss for you. We will miss you. And uh, let's go take care of the Pistons, shall we? Raptors by 20. You just said you wanted the Raptors to win, Dan. Yeah, but I forgot that I put a bet on them yesterday. Okay, <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. Let's end the episode. Goodbye, everyone. Like, oh, this is yesterday, dude. Goodbye. <laughs>